Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. In some cases, the Federal Bureau of Investigation will become involved in a missing person investigation. This is usually the case when it's believed the person may have crossed state lines, or there is potential for a homicide investigation to follow. Local police may ask the FBI to assist them when the investigation becomes larger and more intense than they first believed and more than their resources will allow. The FBI have a list of those missing who are their priority. This week is the second of a series discussing some of these cases and what makes them mysteriously listed. Number 5. Ashley Summers 14-year-old Ashley Summers was enjoying her 4th of July holiday with her extended family at a pool party in Cleveland, Ohio, 2007. Ashley was close to her family and would often spend her weekends with different family members. In fact, she was spending the entire summer with her grandmother due to a difficult time with her mother, Jennifer. Ashley was going through a rebellious time. She had an older boyfriend, 16-year-old Jean Gill, that her mother did not approve of, and she had gotten a tattoo of his name on her arm without Jennifer's permission. It would hope the distance from Jean would improve her relationship with her mother. On the afternoon of the party at 6pm, Ashley told her grandmother she was going to stay with her aunt Christina, which at most was a 10-minute walk away. When that didn't happen, when Ashley didn't arrive, Christina believed that Ashley simply changed her mind or chose to stay with another family member. Because of this, Jennifer did not realise her daughter was missing for two days, and she would not be reported missing until then. The police would initially classify Ashley as a runaway. This was because of several incidents leading up to her disappearance, including her unstable relationship with her mother and a recent argument with her uncle. He had overheard her gossiping on the phone with a friend about a family member. He would snatch her phone and break it. Ashley's boyfriend, Jean, would be questioned by the police, but he was away with family at the time of her disappearance, and to this day, he is adamant he does not know what happened to her. He has since been arrested numerous times on drug-related offences. A month after Ashley was last seen, in August 2007, Ashley's mother, Jennifer, got a phone call. The caller simply said, It's me, Mum. I'm okay. And the call ended. Now, while Jennifer said it is possible it could have been Ashley, she is not 100% sure. 
In November 2007, Ashley's grandparents were driving on the west side of Cleveland when they spotted a girl walking who bore a striking resemblance to Ashley. They are still adamant that this was Ashley, and the only difference was that this girl had short blonde hair. By the time they did a U-turn and went back, the girl was gone. They never saw her again. Ashley disappeared at the same time in the same area as Amanda Berry and Gina DeJesus, and it was thought for a time that these cases were connected. Unfortunately, when Amanda and Gina were rescued, there was no sign of Ashley. In early 2015, ATM photos were made public from Rhode Island, New York. They showed a woman who looked similar to Ashley's age progression photos, attempting identity theft. Police did locate the woman, and it was not Ashley. At the time of her disappearance, Ashley Summers was 14 years old. She was 5 foot 5 and 130 pounds with brown hair and blue eyes, but may now have short bleach blonde hair. She has a tattoo with a heart and the name Jean in the middle on her right arm. Ashley was last seen wearing a black shirt, blue jeans and white sneakers. If Ashley is still alive today, she would be 27 years old. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Number 4. Crystal Timich. Crystal Timich was born in Los Angeles, California in 1987 and would grow up in South Central Los Angeles. Crystal's parents would split by the time she was born, but both parents would be equally involved in her life. As for Crystal's disappearance, well, unfortunately there are two versions of events. The first version was on June 30th, 1994. Six-year-old Crystal was riding her bike with her three older brothers around their father's neighbourhood. The boys, being typical older brothers, rode ahead of her, laughing and she could not keep up. By the time they turned around to go back and get her, Crystal had disappeared. The second version of events is the more widely reported one, and one I believe is the accurate based on our research. On June 30th, 1994, six-year-old Crystal was playing outside with her three brothers. They were throwing peaches at their father's roof to see who could throw the furthest. They heard their grandmother call them inside to watch The Lion King, and the boys quickly raced each other inside. But when the boys arrived to the front door and looked back for their sister, she was gone. A hundred police officers would search the surrounding area for any sign of Crystal, but no evidence of her whereabouts could be found. 
Interviews with neighbours would state that Crystal would regularly wander off and had to be retrieved by her brothers. Neighbours would also allege that Crystal had openly discussed her desire to run away from her family. In September and October of 1995, Crystal was allegedly seen in the Benton County Public Library and in Cub Foods in Oregon. Detectives would make a public appeal for any witnesses to come forward. Unfortunately, no further leads came from these alleged sightings. In 1997, Crystal's parents would have their daughter's photograph put on the back of four Wigington's Plumbing Services trucks along with two other missing girls, 14-year-old Nancy Hung and 9-year-old Jessica Hill. Nancy, like Crystal, is still missing, but there is good news in Jessica's case. She was found in 2010. Her mother had fled with her to get her away from her abusive father. Crystal's case was reopened in 2005. The FBI received a tip about a suspicious burial of an animal at a house across the street from her father's around the time Crystal went missing. At this time, a female reverend lived at the house and she would often invite the neighbourhood children into her home for religious services. At the time of the search, the female reverend no longer lived there. The house would be raided though and the FBI dug up the site. Bones were found, but when forensically tested, they belonged to animals and fish and again the case would go cold. Crystal's case has been featured on milk cartons, billboards and America's Most Wanted, but no suspects have been named. It is suspected that Crystal was the victim of foul play shortly after her abduction. There is currently a $10,000 reward for the recovery of Crystal Timich. Several theories have been put forward in Crystal's disappearance in true crime and unsolved mysteries forums, such as Stranger Abduction. However, due to the short time frame, this would have to be quick and efficient due to the short time frame from her last being seen. This is unless her brothers are being less than truthful when they at last saw her, because they don't want to get into trouble for letting her out of their sights for too long. This is believable due to neighbourhood reports of Crystal wandering the neighbourhood alone several times that day and in the days prior to her disappearance. Another theory is that she did run away. This is unlikely due to her young age and lack of ability to have gone that far without adult assistance. There is also parental abduction. Her parents were separated and living in separate houses. Was Crystal taken in retaliation and jealousy? This is unlikely due to the shared custody and good co-parenting relationship between the two parents and the fact that she was only one out of four children to go missing. Police have also publicly stated they do not believe her parents were involved. At the time of her disappearance, Crystal Timich was six years old. She was four foot and around 60 pounds, with blonde to light brown hair and hazel eyes. She was last seen wearing a pink t-shirt, floral print shorts and white sneakers, with the images of the Little Mermaid on the sides. 
If Crystal was still alive today, she would be 32 years old. Number 3. Kaosha Felix Kaosha Felix had a rough start to life. By 15 years old, she was living in a group home as her mother was in prison and her father's whereabouts were unknown. She was in an award of the state but had weekend passes to visit her paternal aunt, Patricia Andrus, in Dustin, Louisiana. Kiosha also had a baby of her own, a one-year-old daughter, that was living with her in the group home, Mason Demir, which was specifically for teenage mothers who were pregnant or had young babies to care for. Kiosha would leave the group home to head to her aunt's home. She would then leave Patricia's home on April 30, 2012, never to be seen again. Police would initially classify Kiosha as a runaway. She had run away several times in the past, and on those occasions she would return within a day or two. Other family members were adamant this would never be the case that she loved her daughter more than anything and would not leave her behind for this long. Kiosha was also like any other teenager and posted her life on social media, but she has not posted on her social media accounts since April 30th, 2012. It wouldn't be until three months later that police would start investigating Kiosha's disappearance as something more suspicious. Prior to the April 2012 visit to her aunt Patricia's home, she told her that Patricia's boyfriend, Leon Wilkerson Jr., had sexually assaulted her. Patricia told Kayosha not to report it to the police. She told her she would, but that never happened, and it was never spoken of again, not even when Kayosha went missing. In July 2012, Wilkerson Jr. would be arrested for the sexual assault and abduction of Kiosha. Her aunt Patricia would also be charged with improper supervision of a minor and accessory to rape. Her cousin Portia would face charges herself with obstruction of justice. Patricia denied the sexual assault ever happened. But the following month, August 2012, Wilkerson Jr.'s brother, Ronald Wilkerson, he would also be arrested and charged with the abduction of Kaosha Felix. But then, just as quickly, the charges would all be dropped. In September 2012, the officer in charge of the case was suspended from duty for his handling of the case. He would ultimately be fired for arresting the four without probable cause, and because of this, all charges against the suspects were dropped and they were officially cleared as persons of interest. In April 2013, investigators turned their attention to an unidentified man who was spotted on CCTV footage at an AT&T store shortly after Kayosha's disappearance. This man purchased a SIM card at the store and this card would later use Kayosha's password. Police did not necessarily believe this man had done something to Kayosha, but may have information about her whereabouts. 
In the years that followed her disappearance, several theories have been discussed on online unsolved mysteries and true crime forums. Some believe that Kiyosha ran away. Others believe the man from the AT&T store knows what happened to her. But the most popular theory is that Wilkerson Jr. and Patricia murdered her to silence her about the alleged sexual assault. And the only reason they remain free is because the investigation was botched from the start. Investigators do believe that Kayosha may still be alive. However, despite no evidence being made public that this is indeed the case. At the time of her disappearance, Kayosha Felix was 15 years old. She's African-American and 5 feet tall and around 120 pounds. When she went missing, she had brown hair and brown eyes. Kayosha went by several nicknames, but the one most widely reported and on her Charlie Project profile is Red. If Kayosha is still alive today, she would be 23 years old. Number 2. Erica Hunt On July 3, 2016, 20-year-old Erica Hunt was at a 4th of July party at her uncle's home in Louisiana. Erica seemed to be in good spirits. She was talking about her upcoming 21st birthday and hoping to get her own public housing apartment for herself and two-year-old daughter. She even had plans the next day to go to Lake Charles with some friends. The following morning, July 4, 2016, Erica visited her sister and brother-in-law. She would usually ask for a lift somewhere, but didn't this time, instead borrowing a few dollars for cigarettes, and she left. It is not known if she had walked off or got into a car with someone and where she went after this. Between 11 and 1pm, she would be seen behind a Ray Bordin's grocery store. She would never be seen again. Erica would officially be reported missing on July 6th. For reasons unknown, her sister and brother-in-law would not be interviewed until almost a month later. Quote, They thought it was over, that it was solved, before it even started. Unquote. Erica had a history of substance abuse, which may have contributed for the non-action of law enforcement in her case. In September 2018, a home on Hersich Alley was searched based on an anonymous tip received that stated that Erica's remains would be found there. Cadaver dogs were brought in and picked up on human decomposition. A thorough search would only find animal remains, however. This home was also searched just after Erica went missing and her sister would also live there for some stage after this. There is no further leads or suspects in Erica's disappearance. Erica's daughter is now six years old and calls her aunt Mummy. She has gone from a bubbly, outgoing toddler to a shy and withdrawn little girl who misses her mother very much. Erica's mother accepts that her daughter is no longer alive but desperately needs closure. At the time of her disappearance, Erica Hunt was 20 years old. 
She is an African American woman and was five foot four and between 150 pounds and 165 pounds, with brown hair and brown eyes. She has several tattoos: the name Nicole on her lower back, the name Brianna on the outside of her right wrist, and a Care Bear with a star on the back of her shoulder. If Erica was still alive today, she would be 25 years old. Number one, Nefertiti Trader. Nefertiti Trader, or Nefi, as known by her loved ones, Nefi was a loving mother of three children, aged between seven and 17 years old. Nefi worked in the housekeeping department at the local Christiana Hospital, but in June of 2014, she was not working and was on medical leave. Due to this, Nefi and her children were living with her cousin William in the Saddlebrook neighbourhood in Newcastle, Delaware. June thirtieth, two thousand and fourteen, would be an early start for Nefi. She spent the early morning hours with William, talking about their plans for the day ahead. She drove him to work and told him she was going to pick up some groceries on the way home at the local convenience store. William would later report that Nephi seemed happy and in good spirits. Nephi would be caught on surveillance video at the Seven Eleven, buying two cups of coffee, a loaf of bread, and a packet of cigarettes. Now it's worth noting that Nephi buying two cups of coffee is not suspicious. Nephi would always buy two cups of coffee, one for her and one for her daughter. It was their daily ritual. They would share their coffee together and talk about what was happening with their lives. At 4 a.m., Joe Robinson would be awoken by a loud scream. He looked out his window to see his neighbour Nephi, seemingly unconscious, and being dragged to her silver 2000 Acura sedan with license plate 4048938. This man was wearing a black hoodie and tan shorts before the car drove off. Neither Nephi or her sedan has ever been seen since. Sadly and bizarrely, despite seeing this abduction, Joe would not contact the police. He would only inform the police of what he had saw when police canvassed the neighbourhood. Joe would explain the lack of reporting was due to the fact he did not initially believe he was witnessing an abduction. He knew Nephi had some medical issues and assumed that she was unwell and being taken to the hospital. That he only knew that Nephi was missing when the police were interviewing her neighbours. Nephi's eldest son would also hear a commotion that morning. But when he investigated, he did not see anything of concern and went back to bed. Nephi would not be discovered missing until William returned home from work to find a packet of cigarettes, a cup of coffee on the front porch, a single unopened condom, and a loaf of bread that had been stomped on in the front yard. Nephi's flip-flops would also be found by the front door. William would attempt to contact Nephi by phone, but there was no answer. She would not be reported missing to police until twelve to fourteen hours after the suspected abduction. 
the police would issue a gold alert due to a missing person with a disability. Searches of the nearby Delaware River, woods and football field would turn up no evidence of Nephi nor her car's whereabouts. The FBI would publicly state their frustration with the investigation due to the lack of information being shared by those who knew Nephi and by persons in the neighbourhood. They hoped that a total of $30,000 put up for a reward for the resolution of the case would encourage tips to come in. But to date, tips are very few and far between. In 2017, Nephi would be legally declared deceased. At the time of her disappearance, Nefertiri Trader was 33 years old. She is an African-American woman with black hair and brown eyes. She was 5 foot 6 and 125 pounds. She was last seen wearing a pink sweatsuit. The FBI believes that foul play is involved and Nephi is no longer alive. Her family although did not agree and they believe Nephi is still alive and being held captive. If Nephi is still alive today, she would be 38 years old. Do you have something you would like to see mysteriously listed? Do you have a particular theme that interests you? Message us on Facebook at Mysteriously Listed and on Twitter at Mysterious List. If you like what you've heard today, we would love for you to share this episode on your social media of choice. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate it if you could leave a positive review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Research, additional writing and hosting is by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.